everyone, and welcome to the Glad to Podcast. I'm Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Burr. It's a little cold in the Mint State. What's going on, cuz? Man, it's cold. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to get adapted to the cold. It's always like this, because, you know, I, like, work in a warehouse and it's cold. And, like, the first couple weeks I buy, like, hand warmers, long underwear. You know, and then like two weeks later, I never use any of it because I'm like, oh, it's cold. I get it. I feel good. We adapt as the as as we do with the with the winter around here. It's just uh, typical stuff around here, Michigan. Yeah, uh, the day we recorded, we had a nice little uh, dump of snow, a little bit, maybe a new, yeah, an inch or two. And we're good. But this is not uh, Michigan weather talk. This is Star Wars talk. We're going to be talking and or episode 11. Ooh, a lot of pieces are in place. And um, yeah, this is going to be a spicy finale. But before we get into all that fun stuff, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it, and we talk about it. So, Ange, this is, I think, one of the episodes that, again, not a lot happened, obviously, but it was pieces are in place. The puzzle, you know, the puzzle is coming together. We've been talking about it for a while now, that all roads lead back to Ferrix, and we're definitely on that trajectory. I mean... We see who's going to be there now. The pieces are very much in motion. So let, let's just dive into this overall episode, our thoughts, opinions. And again, we'll we'll speculate a little bit at the end of what maybe we think will happen in the finale. But, Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh, overall thoughts, um, anything that jumps out at you, anything that maybe you had get struggled with? Who knows? What, uh, what was your overall thoughts on this episode? A lot happened. You know, my um, rewatch when I was taking notes, I took a lot of notes. I mean, because it was just like event after event after event, you know, like Cassian and Melshi, Marva dies, B2, like Brasso and B2, Bix, Deidre. I mean, everybody was in this episode. It was packed with all of our characters. And just like you said, they are all emerging on Ferrix. So it was interesting and a lot of things like surprised me we'll talk a, a little bit about like mon surprised me that that interaction with val super surprising luthan and saw i mean i was you know the writing is so great with the show because it just you don't the expectation of what you think you're gonna get you don't and and the route they're taking is so appropriate it's better than any of us would have ever you know thought so the show is just fantastic you know, we got a nice little pew, pew, pew scene at the end, which was fun and great. I bet just Stellan Skarsgård loved that, like like he was in a little jet fighter, like pretending like he's shooting stuff and flipping switches. That was awesome. So, you know, a, a lot happened and it's coming down to the last episode and I am completely saddened that we're only getting one episode, you know there's only one episode left because just these characters and this writing is so great to view every week. So I don't know. 
I'll, I'll be sad when we don't have Andor every day, every week. Yeah, for 12 weeks, too. I mean, the yeah. longest yeah. running Disney Plus show that we've had. It's been awesome. Yeah, it, it really has. And again, I know this might not be a show that a lot of people have gravitated to. Or, again, maybe people are waiting for it to all come out and binge it. Who knows? I mean, it is what it is. People talk about numbers and everything like that. So it's cool that they're going to be releasing it on other platforms. Like it's going to be on ABC. It's going to be on Hulu. Like I think that's excellent because it needs, you know, a larger audience. Uh, It needs to be available to more people. So I think it's great. You know, so it was so weird. I, I, a couple weeks ago, you know, people in passing know I like Star Wars, so they, like, ask me about the show, and I was like, oh, my God, like, it's so awesome, and someone was like, meh, you know, and I'm like, whatever. So this week, that person messages me and was like, oh, my God, did you watch the episode yet? And I was like, no, and they were like, well, tell me what you think when you watch it, and it was weird because I was expecting, like, some huge thing to happen, and it didn't. Just everything fell in place, and it was super appropriate. You know, it didn't, like, leave a mark on me, but it, it, it was perfect the way it was executed. So I was thinking, like, what does this person, like, think? Like, what what is what am I missing? So when I see this person at work the next day, they're like, do you watch it? And I was like, yeah, you know, it, it, it was uh And um, he brings up, he goes, you think? Uh, the the girl in the shop is Leia, and I go, what? <laughs> what is happening? I go, <laughs> I go, Clea, and he goes, oh, is that her name? Like Leia, and I was like, and he goes, you know, because like the buns, and you know, Luthen said that he was, um, uh, oh God, I can't even. I I was so like dumbfounded because I couldn't believe that that's what. That's what people look for to like excite them about the show. It was the weirdest thing. It it literally left me speechless. And I was like, <laughs> maybe the general public doesn't deserve this show because they they ruin it with like things like that. Is Clea Leia? Are you serious? Again, it's it shows that. A, some people, again, a lot of people might not be as deep as we are. I mean, and th- and that's totally, you know, uh, us being biased about our love of the love of the overall franchise because we are very knee deep. We know what age Leia is at this time, where she would be. It doesn't make sense for her to be like, we, we understand that. But to a general, maybe overall audience, like you're saying, Maybe they maybe they are looking for those connections, and that's that's a fascinating thing that you brought up, and I'm glad you brought it up because I do wonder. Again, numbers, numbers, numbers. People say again, depending on who you who you talk to or who you read, you know the numbers aren't spectacular for for Andor. And I do wonder if this is a knee jerk reaction for Disney slash Lucasfilm to get people's attention with the show and to put out the first two episodes, which is interesting. Cause I feel like the first three really like they Agreed. dropped, they should drop all three or yeah, if you're going to do two, you're not giving them enough information. It needs right. to be the first three. Right. So I, I'm fascinated. I do like that. They're doing that. Cause I, again, I don't know if it is because of 
again, numbers, numbers, numbers. It pays the bills, kids. It's a, it's a company. They want profit. This is like the what final quarter of, of the year. They want they want positive results. And I think if they looked at social media, yes, I think overall Andor is liked a lot. Now the numbers behind that, again, we that is what it is. You can't you can't fudge the numbers or you can't prove that it's a very popular ish show right now in in a general audience. I think within the Star Wars fandom, it is. This is a very popular show, hundred percent. But I think a general overall audience, yes, you have to do things like what they're doing. You put it out on major networks, like like you're saying, streaming on Hulu, or put it on FX, put it on ABC. Like it, that's a smart. It's a smart business decision to get more eyes on the show. Because I do think if people give it a chance, especially you got to get through. And nothing wrong with the first, you know, first three episodes. First three episodes, we loved them. But it gets, again, like we've talked about every week, the show progressively gets better episode by episode by episode by episode. So this is the thing. If people don't want to appreciate it for what it is, then I could care less about the ratings and who likes it and who doesn't. I agree. I agree. It's the same thing like, okay, I'm going to bring up Dave Matthews, right? There are people that loathe Dave Matthews, absolutely hate it. And I can totally get it. I don't like listening to Dave Matthews out loud in a group of people because people like to nitpick about his voice or what they're doing with the arrangement. It's, It's like weird. It's like this own little thing that you connect to and to me that's like the same thing going on with andor right now and if you can't appreciate it for what it is and like see the beauty in it then i really don't give a shit about your opinion is honestly how i I feel i agree i agree it's again you can have your opinions that's fine like if you don't like it you don't like it that's cool again maybe the show isn't for you that's why we have Acolyte coming down the pipe. That's why, again, for us... That's why there's the Mandalorian. That's why there's... Animation coming yeah. down the pipe for us. Like, Bad Batch Season 2 is coming in January. Like, there are things that, okay, if this didn't, you know, satisfy your Star Wars, you know, need, then you got other stuff. But you can't say... Again, it's... You can't say, and I agree with you, Ange, the acting and the writing has been... I think the best Star Wars has ever been through the roof. I mean, I'm not, I mean, again, and I love rebels. We both love rebels. We love the story, the writing and that show. And that's peak Star Wars too. Agreed. But this is a different type of peak Star Wars as far as storytelling. Agreed. And performance. Right. And directing. It is just phenomenal. Cinematography, man. You can't, you can't deny. You can't. Like I watch, I, Lauren, I watch a ton of Star Wars. Like, I, it's all I ever watch. So, right, like, right, recently, right. like, I rewatched The Book of Boba Fett. I had a couple of Mandalorian episodes on. I was rewatching Kenobi. That stuff screams Star Wars, screams Star Wars for Star Wars fans, casual fans and deep fans. Like, Andor is just not that. It has a completely different feel and probably because different people are working on it. But it is so intelligently and beautifully crafted i find it mind-blowing that people can't appreciate it yeah it's it's fascinating it is i think we're just in a weird time in our culture society where people like to just rip on things that other people enjoy 
Like, it's just that. I mean, I think it's always you know? been that way. I mean, you think about it. There's people oh, that I are agree. the haters. There's people that don't want to be posers. You know, it's always been like that. So, I mean, yeah, I you guess can, You can take it back to the prequels. In oh, the yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, I think overall for me, this show has stood the test of time as far as week to week. It's been great. This episode, no different. I think the pieces that they have set in motion are fascinating. I think where they have left the character of Andor now, again, what um, is fascinating. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that. I mean, there's nothing, again, I mean, I we talk about it each week. There is really nothing that we're like, eh, well, I wish they did something different or this doesn't really. No, dude, this show, as the, as the youngsters say, it slaps. It slaps. It totally slaps, man. No it's, cap. That's right. the new one. No cap, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'm really trying to use that no cap. Carmen taught it to me last week, and <laughs> I think I use it more sarcastically than in the proper way. I mean, that's how we probably would be doing it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's get into uh, Andor itself. I mean... We'll stick with the man, the show that this is about, Cassian. So we are in a post-prison scenes with him and Melshi. They're trying to get off uh, Narkina 5. And they see a quad jumper, which, nice little shout-out to The Force Awakens. I mean, obviously, we know quad jumpers exist. But again, there's that scene in The Force Awakens where Ray says, you know, let's take that quad jumper. Right on. Everything like that. That was cool. Again, was that really supposed to be like a callback to that? No, but it was cool that they still used quad jumper. Like it was just, eh, it was just cool. I liked it. But they run into some local uh, Narkinians. I, I guess I'll call them that. I don't know if that's the proper term. But they, but as they are trying to steal their quad jumper, they get captured by them, and this really cool webbing or like uh, netting, I guess, like how they get caught is is really interesting in the machine. But they tell the these two local Narkinians that, hey, listen, dude, we were trying to escape. The Empire is, you know, is lying and everything like that. And then they come and talk about, which is really interesting, that ever since the Empire came, the water's bad, this and that. So again, a little you don't want to say Star Wars isn't political, then hey, that's cool. But it is. Let's let's be honest with it. Even George has said the original Star Wars has some, you know, connections to history, over in you know, world history, American history, stuff like that. But it was just very interesting that these characters are blaming what is happening to their water, to their you know overall land. To the Empire. So they, you know, after some negotiation, they believe Melshi and Cassian, and they take them to uh, Nemos. Back to Nemos. Um, we go, Cassian gets the, um, all the money that he stole and everything like that in the hotel room that he left was still there. And he takes it, and then he makes a call Two Ferrix, again, we're talking about kind of the, all the all the scenes with uh, Andor and Melshi. Makes a call to Ferrix, talks to Zan, tells him that Marva, you know, 
tells Zan to tell Marva that he's alive, he's okay, he'd be proud of her. And that's when Zan tells Cassian that she has passed away. And in a very heartbreaking scene, you know, you see Cassian kind of just staring at like the 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 phone booth that he's in. And then, you know, he goes to Melchi, he tells Melchi that everything everything's fine. He doesn't tell Melchi what's going on. And then Melchi says that people have to know what happened to them and that they need to split up to double their chances. So Melchi goes off to, you know, wherever he needs to go. And then there's that just, again, the last shot of, of the episode is Andor looking out into the ocean, very similar to Rogue One, him and um, Jin. So, again, this week, small amounts of Andor, but really good stuff in those scenes. Again, he you know how emotionally broken he is now with hearing about Marva. So it's gonna be interesting what he got and what he does because you know he's going back to Ferrix. Like you know that's where he's gonna go. And everybody throughout the episode, everybody's saying that's where he's gonna go. He's gonna show up. So everything's leading to Ferrix. And next week is gonna be a heck of a finale. I can't wait. So Ange, your overall thoughts with Andor Melshi stuff, anything, you know, kind of jump out at you as far as, oh, that's interesting or anything that you're like, well, I don't know if I really buy that or whatever. How was how your overall thoughts on, on that overall scenes with those two? Yeah, the first couple scenes, I'm struggling to, you know, hide from the Empire. And then they come across those Narkinians and they caught them in the net. And then they're like saying those things to them, I think. And then like they let them go. And all of a sudden I was like, what is going on? Like, you know, it was so like abrupt how they were, but then like I agree, it was yeah, kinda, it was like, it was kind of weird at first, but um, it's interesting to hear that like the empire is like going around like off. It's not interesting. It's it's very typical of the empire to go around and offer a thousand credits to the local people if they catch any prisoners, and you know, it's just probably the luck of the force that Cassian and Melshi run into the two that don't want to uh, take up the that em- emperor empire on their offer of a thousand credits per prisoner. And based off just like what you said, it's because the empire has or has poisoned their water, you know, and we talk about that all the time. We see that in a lot of the Star Wars, Star Wars novels is how the empire takes over lands and just takes in all the resources and then just, you know, leaves, leaves those locals and inhabitants of there just um, struggling and suffering. So you, you just see it like in all rebels the time. With too. Them. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We saw it in and, rebels yeah. And in rebels too. Absolutely. So it was cool to see that it was cool for them to throw some characters in there too, because it's, you know, that are like pulpy and alien characters. Yeah. Alien too. Yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely alien characters, you know, that's part of what star Wars is about is being able to see those, those types of things. And it was good to have exposure to that in this show. I feel like it came in a little late, but maybe not really. I mean, we saw a little bit on Neomos and we saw a little bit. um, It hasn't been a lot sprinkled. No, but I mean, really, that's kind of like the silent thing that has been expressed in the show is how the Empire is so against other species and and like aliens that you have not seen them in occupied places 
where the empire is like the prison so i've been thinking about that like a lot like are those species in other prisons are they keeping them separated are they just being used for different type of work it's that is, has been completely unspoken this whole time so it's just really interesting what you see when the empire when the emperor empire is around is just humans and honestly it's because they absolutely loathe other species and believe that the human species is superior yep. Yep. so um i love the end when melshi and cassian are talking and they're saying do they think when melshi asks cassian like how many got out and cassian's answer is perfect not enough he knows that there are people that just did not make it and not enough for him to maybe feel satisfied with maybe what they did. And But it's awesome that Melshi's like, we have to be able to let people know what's going on and that they have to split up to, to continue this message. I also love that when Cassian was leaving the message, prior to knowing that Marva died, he said that Marva would be proud of her. And he's directly uh, speaking yeah. to what happened in the prison and the uprising and him understanding, like, what's the purpose now? You know, not that he has money and she would be proud of him, but that he did something um, that Marva would have done as well, too, and would have orchestrated as well. So that was really heartbreaking to hear him say that and then to know, you know, on the other end that Marva has passed did you like that marva passed off camera or what is what did you think about that yeah let's i mean let's let's we'll jump into that side of it now too let's i mean because i think a bigger piece of this episode was ferrex we we were in ferrex a lot but in different areas right we were with uh marva's we were in um cinta's kind of workshop we were with the ISB on Ferrix. So we were in kind of different areas within within Ferrix. But we learn about, like you said, we learn about Marva's death. And it is off screen. Which I am okay with. Because in reality, like, what, the seeing her pass physically, I don't know if that really would have been needed it's more of her death and what it does for Cassian not seeing it but what is felt by it I think is more important for the story so I'm okay with that they didn't show it or we didn't see it or whatnot I think what they did brilliantly is through B B2 emo heck yeah like oh. that was smart and really good writing because you felt the again you felt the pain of it without seeing it like you're saying right it it was so good that i mean again droids we love them here he shot up he is shooting up to my list i mean it's chopper is still my number one i'm sorry i love that i love that droid but b2 is up there i mean he's in that category of like favorites for me so again just those little moments of him and Biso were really, really good. It's just touching how, again, they talk about the the daughters of Ferrix and how she was a part of that and how they're, what the ritual is. 
for Ferrex when people pass. They put their, uh, they cremate them. They put them into like mortar, make them into like a brick, and then put them on a uh, a wall with their name on it. It's really cool. Like I, I like, I like how we kind of get different views or different ideas of of that within Star Wars, right? I mean, we're so used to Jedi and like the the pylon and the fire and all that stuff. Now we're we're seeing like again a totally different culture, how they deal with death and what they do to memorialize and remember the people that they have lost. And it's very Ferrix is very, very interesting. I like I like how they we've gotten that little bit of a cultural kind of thing with that uh planet with these people. It's very, very fascinating. Again, a lot of things going on in Ferrix, my friend. I mean ISB is definitely on, you know, is marked and waiting for Andor to show up with her passing. I mean, that's what Deidre tells them. She's like, listen, let them have their funeral, let the, and then just contain it. So then we are we are the perimeter and they are in our box. We have to contain it. So they know they are just waiting. For Andor. And then again, we know Cinta is waiting for Andor. That's why Vel goes to Clea and tells her all that later on. So again, just a lot of pieces are in motion in Varix. And it is shaping up to be an explosive finale on Varix. You know, again, just overall, I love B, his emotion with Marva's death. The little kind of, um, not parade, but the the procession that they had with Marva, you see just a little bit of it. it. It's good. I mean, again, it. I'm okay with that, though, to circle back to your original question. I'm okay with them not showing it. I think it worked out for me. What about you? Did you How, how did you feel about it? And then what was your overall kind of ferric stuff uh, thoughts? It Not seeing Marva's death gave me, like, twisty, twisty vibes, honestly. Like... Is she really dead? And I hate like thinking that because I don't want to overcomplicate things. But there's like little drops that made me think like this is a setup and it's like putting plans in place to be able to overtake the Empire's um, oppression that's happening on Ferrix. You know, just that one officer is saying to Deidre that they want to open up Rick's Road. Right. And we all know how symbolic Rick's Road is is to marva and to cassian and then just to drops earlier about marva saying how she walked across rick's road and she was and then we know how she was like checking out that that tunnel that was possibly under the hotel so to me like not seeing marva's death puts this weird place in my head of thinking is marva even dead And is this just some sort of awesome, like, plan of, as Marva, as a rebel, trying to overtake the Empire? So, but it is, the other side of it is, just like you said, like, it's beautiful, right? It brings everybody together. It's it's pulling everything back to Ferrix, you know, even Clea and Vel are talking about it. Luthen's talking about it, like, it... It, um, Cyril it w- is informed on it as well too. There's a lot of chatter about Marva's or Cassian's mom. How it's so funny how they ca- don't call her Marva; they call her Cassian's mom because Cassian is the focal point of all of this. So, but to me, 
it just like gives me like this really strange like maybe maybe marva's not dead but i don't know i just don't know so that's the only thing that i kind of didn't like about this episode is the way it left me feeling about not seeing that happen and then i also think like i would have liked to see marva and cassian together right i would have loved to see them take on the empire together on ferrix you know and something happened within that time frame instead of just her quietly passing so but i don't know everything is built built up to that moment of marva getting sick i mean even in the first episode you think about brasso telling cassie and that she keeps the house too cold right so everything has been building up to what has brought marva to this point to where she is he has died so it's just like a lot but that's just what I felt about it and still kind of like how I feel about it. So if, I don't know, my mind is just like, I don't want to get twisty twisty. I don't think Clea is Leia, but, but there's a part of me that thinks like, and I don't think Luthen is that little boy from, Cor that little Jedi from Coruscant either. But <laughs> did you see that post? Oh my God. No, I'm glad I didn't see it. But I, um, there's a part of me that thinks like, mm, does Marva still have a hand in taking out the Empire? I, I, I like where you're going with it, honestly. I, that's an interesting viewpoint. And it's an interesting idea if they do do that. Because I, I kind of, I, you're making really good points about A, you just have that feeling like, okay, it's off screen. We we kind of get it. It's been set up. But then the way she talked to Andor, like you like you mentioned, Ange, about wanting to be part of the rebellion and doing all that stuff. And it does feel like she wants to be, or she wanted to be a part of what was going to happen on Ferrix. So, yeah, I mean, it would be a twist. I mean, it would be a very big twist. And I, I wouldn't be mad at it that if that if she's alive for sure, but I think for me, and I, I do like that theory. I think it'd be really cool if like she showed up. Maybe they again. Maybe the daughters of Ferrix are behind it all. Maybe they know the ISB is watching them, so they're saying things so they can hear it, so they think that you know what's happening is really happening. You know, so it, it could add up. It could. It could. That drop of that line of saying they want to open up Rick's road and the officer is so against it, you can tell. And then Deidre's like, no, do it. Like, to me, like, that is what keeps me believing that there, there's a setup around here, around Marva's death. Maybe she really is dead. I don't know. But it just seems like, ah. No, it's a really good point, though. It really is because... You never know, right? With this show, I mean, we, you and I have, we tried each week. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe this will happen next week. Or, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, Mon and Lita is a direct example of us thinking what's going to happen. And then what happened in this episode is completely different than what we would have expected. Yeah, we'll, t we'll talk about that stuff. But, yeah, I, I think for me, that's a really good point, Ange. I like that idea. But I don't know, even like you said, I don't know if it would get that complicated. 
I wouldn't be mad at it. I would be like, oh, okay, this is actually really cool. I like, I like this idea. But then I again think kind of thinking this idea out loud though too. I don't know if Marva would do that to get Cassian back to Ferrix because she did make it very prevalent that she wanted him to leave. Like she knew he had to go and she knew she had to stay. So like if she's faking her death to do all this stuff, I think she would I I believe she would know that Cassian would come back to to her knowing that she died. So I, again, it's a really interesting point. I like where you're going with it. I could see it. Wouldn't be mad at it. But we'll wait and see. Again, weirder, crazier things have happened for sure in this show. So I like it, though. I do. I like that idea. I, I, I'm i going to we're going to circle that and see what happens for our finale talk. Let's put a pin in that Let's one. Stick a pin in it. Bring it back. We'll bring it back around next week. See what happens. But yeah, I overall, though, yeah, I this. That all the Farrick stuff has been really good. Like you said, Ange, it's pulling in the players. We know Deidre will probably show up because she's one that says keep the road open. So I think we have a feeling that, again, she's setting things up. So she's going to want to be there. We know Cyril is on his way there because he wants Cassian. And I that really is think crazy. he's going to mess things up. I really do. I, time. I, I think he's going to be the reason that it all falls false i i really do 100 percent. and then again we have cassian cassian is on his way back to see his mom we know that that, that luthan happened luthan yeah. he had that call with clea and they're speaking in code he wants to tie up the loose end of cassian and right. she i love how she says like oh there's a lot of buyers there's a lot of traffic and you know now that he's just gonna i do you think luthan will show up on ferrix I don't That'll think he'll probably show be up. A, you don't yeah. think so? No. I, it's risky. He's not a risk taker. He's not, but he's been cracking. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. I don't think he's that much of a risk taker. I think that's why he has Cinta, and that's why Val is going back there. Which, we'll, again, we'll talk about Val and my Mothman a little bit. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting next week. Who Who shows up? Who helps who? Because, I mean, the ISB and, you know, the rebels, kind of, in a way, both want Cassian gone for different reasons. So who's going to save him? Is it just going to be him? I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be the people of Ferrix. Like, his friends will probably help him. But then where does he go? Because we know he joins the Rebellion. Is it through Luthen that he joins? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really, really fascinating. What happens on on Ferris? Uh, any final thoughts? And we'll jump into Luthen for sure. No, let's. You let's... know, I've watched this episode like three three times probably. So my first time when I watched it, I was like, "Marva's not dead." The second time I watched it, I was like, "Marva's not dead." The third time I watched it, I was like, "Marva's dead," and I'm an idiot for even trying to twisty twist something that's so simple. No, it's but it, again, you never know, right? The show has been one of those. It has been surprises, but in good ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So let, let's move on to who you, what we talked about is Luthen. He goes and sees Saw Gerrera, which, again, two of my favorite actors in this show, Forrest Whitaker, Stellan Sarsgaard. Again, absolutely 
just kill this scene together as always like Saul wants in he's all about um helping Krieger now we know that Krieger that that is kind of a shot idea now and that he's gonna get captured and clearly Luthen cares enough to to tell Saw and he kind of tells Saw the truth ish that you know the ISB or like he doesn't really reveal his source, but he but he has a source, and that he knows Krieger is going to get caught, and then Saul kind of jumps on him to say, okay, well then how, how do you know this? Who's your source? You know, and Luthen was not going to give that up, so then obviously Saul thinks he's ISB, and then he and then Luthen in return says. Well, really, Saw believes that he has people everywhere, and he does. He's right. He's hundred percent right. And then he starts saying, "Well, who do you have in my crew?" And then he, Luthen, tries to play off as two tubes is his like informant. And two tubes is like, what is going on here? Poor two tubes. But then it comes down to you know Luthen saying, "Listen, dude, you have to, you have to trust me when I tell you that Krieger is a an expense that I we can." we can leave. He's expendable. You know, he doesn't know me as you do. Like Saw knows Luthen as Luthen. Krieger might not know Luthen as Luthen. He probably knows him as another person. So he, that, that loose end, like you were talking about with like a Cassian, the Krieger one has to be wrapped up too. So this is the way that it has to, that has to go down. And then I just, again, that line of, you know, Saw says, right, this is for the greater good. Luthen's like, call it what you will. He's like, Let's call it war, man. <laughs> it's so good. That is such a good That's, line. It's such call a good war. line. I mean, because it's so saw. He is exactly how saw is, as we know, through Clone Wars, through Rogue One, and now through Andor. It it just screams Saw Gerrera, you know. And it's 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 fascinating to see this character at this point in the rebellion. You know, I and- love. I Go love ahead. that we get to see Saw more than I expected we were going to yeah, see him. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, it's we're not I mean, who knows? We might even we might see him in the last episode, but I don't know. I think maybe his involvement now is a little bit split and there's other things going on, but um I love how how much we have seen of him because what we know of him in Rogue One and where he's going to be pretty much in the same place it seems like and because you think he's on Jetta now you think he's still on Jetta? i don't think he's on Jetta right now i think he's somewhere else yeah yeah i think he is because they said it in one of the previous episodes where he they mentioned where he was and it wasn't Jetta yet so we yeah. are like pre pre Jetta. we are pre him hanging out with the ghost crew yeah but we're close to that though we're yeah. we're inching closer to his involvement with that that crew so yeah and his interactions with mon you know right 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 because we know in in rebels obviously we see him in rebels we know he's he's not against my mothma as a person he's against what she her kind of ideals and tactics to get what the empire has stolen back like he doesn't i think he doesn't he wants obviously more of a guerrilla style warfare and she's more diplomatic more you know we look at opportunities that we can seize he's just about you know shooting first ask asking questions later 
That's very Saul Guerrero. So yeah, his his character, Forrest Wicker, a so good. Stellan, so good. You put those two in a scene, and it's gold. I mean, you have complete and utter gold every time those two are together. So it's interesting. I mean, where does this lead lead with Saws? This is you know, do they? It seems like he's he's more willing to participate with Luthen's kind of network now, but again, he's still very cautious and he wants to do things his way though, because he said. You know, I'll help Krieger, but it has to be on my terms. He doesn't give me, you know, the the rules or he doesn't tell me what to do. It's it's what I want to do. So, yeah, overall, Ange, I mean, talk about these two together, this scene, anything that pops up to you as, as far as new information you didn't think we would get or just kind of just any character stuff with Saul Luthen. Yeah, the character stuff, I mean, Luthen is losing his ability to make decisions. I mean, he's seriously talking out loud to Saw and allowing Saw to make decisions with him, which is not Luthen. So, and it it was just really great. uh, Saw bringing up says, well, then maybe you're ISB. And Saw plays it like absolutely perfect. He says, you have someone on the inside. And like Luthen doesn't want to give that up yet. So Saw pushes him even hard. Well, maybe then you're ISB. And Luthen knows what kind of position that would put him in against Saw if Saw truly believed that. So he has to come clean. I mean, it's just so, the writing is so great to develop these characters and move them along in the story. And I don't know why, but I just really appreciate that every time they talk about losing 30 men, that Luthen always says, plus Krieger. Like, he is has no problem with losing a leader or a player that's strong within this rebellion. So he continues to push that to saw and continue to say, plus Krieger, like we're going to lose those people plus Krieger. It's just like a good way to show that Luthen is, is kind of, I don't know. He's just open to discussing like all this, all that's going on with saw. Um, so it really just kind of, gives a lot of detail of like what the relationship is but he did but back in a couple episodes he didn't want to admit that they're the ones that did Aldani like you know it's just completely and that shows the progression of the stress that Luthen's under and how he's just like I said losing his ability to make decisions on his own and I mean right before and then you see him talking to Clea right after that and he desperately wants to get involved with what's going on with Cassie and, and she's trying to keep him. He is unraveling. So it's going to be interesting to see how much more of a player he's going to be in the rebellion going forward, because you, you can see him unraveling in, in this episode, especially I think. So, um, yeah, it was so funny because last episode we were talking, I was talking about how I don't like to say the great, greater good because it's not what they're doing. There is no greater good anymore when you're this deep into into um, plotting out um, the demise of like other people. So it was awesome that they changed, like they he said, for the greater good, call it what you will. Let's call it war. And because that's exactly what's going on. It's there's no good anymore happening between either side. So it was just an it was a great scene, perfectly written, perfectly executed in performance. It was awesome. Yeah, I 
it's gonna be interesting to see if we see Saw in the finale or obviously more in season two. It, it, we'll find out for sure. I don't. My gut tells me that we'll obviously be on Ferrex most of the episode for the finale, because again, everybody's kind of going there, so it would make sense that I don't think we will see saw but who knows yeah i I kind of expect it to be like the eye episode where it was just eldani right we didn't go anywhere else we were only there so that's kind of what i expect this last episode to be is just ferrix but um you never know and let's talk about luthan's escape from the empire uh how do you call it the um perimeter they're checking <laughs> whatever you want to call these guys yeah he got pulled over yeah he literally got pulled over by the empire and they're checking his tabs and all that yeah. stuff his ship has again risen to one of my favorite star warships his ship 100 oh my gosh it's cool i mean again great scene of him like talking to the empire like oh you know we're having a little bit of engine troubles give me a minute and he's like you know, charging his his countermeasures and plotting his escape. You know, those little, you know, he releases those little things, whatever you want to call them, to destroy the tractor beam. They remind he, me of those things off. that come out of Mando's... Uh... Oh, the whistling birds? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of very, very similar probably to that as well. But he, you know, his ship, very agile, you know, f- is able to, again, take down the tractor beam, and the TIE fighters are coming in. He's able to take take them out. Two of them at the one time with, like, the laser beam, which was really cool. The laser. And then he just punches it into hyperspace, man. It, it was cool. And you just, that la- the lingering moment after that scene is looking at um, the, the officer in charge and just him, like, just staring into the space where the ship was. And, you know... He vanished. So it great scene, cool scene. It's very again Star Warsy, right? Escape, trying to get out of uh, you know, don't get captured by the Empire type of scene in the ship. It was good stuff. Anything you want to talk about within that scene? No, I loved. I mean, I really loved it. It was perfectly placed. Um, I loved the Tie Fighters dropping in. I loved the. The typical Star Wars shot of just seeing the the um, fighter's helmet inside oh, the Tie that. Fighter. I mean, I it that. was just great. And then the the new weapons. I mean, they're weapons we've kind of seen, but used in a different way. So that was really awesome as well, too. Yeah, when his ship, like the wings, those things came out and like went up. I was like, oh, I need a Lego of that. I hope there's a Fondor Lego. Oh, I bet you they'll have some sets because that would be a cool set. That would be a really cool set. Yeah, what a great ship. What a great scene. Um, so I I was happy to see you know something like that in this episode. I thought like it, it livened it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, and most kind of, action. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, I. Good scene. I'm glad we got a little bit of again Luthen flying and being covert, not trying to get captured. And again, like you said, b- before all that went down, he was talking to Clea and trying to wrap everything up. So interesting, interesting, interesting. It's going to be really um, fun to see what they do 
next week. And like you said, does he show up on Ferrix? That's a big risk. I don't know if he's willing to take, but we'll find out. Here's my last question to you, Ange, and then we'll, we'll jump into the Leia and Bell stuff. But my last question on Luthen is, do you think he survives this season, or do you think we see his demise? Luthen? Right, yeah, mm, Luthen. I think we see him. I think he goes into season two, because I don't think he's going to be caught by the Empire or caught up. I don't... See, part of me thinks, like, yeah, even Luthen's going to go to Ferrix, but I don't think he's he would get caught up in the middle of that. And if he did, I don't think he would die in the middle of it so i think we will see him after season one at least i hope so but yeah, i do I, think he's I crumbling think so. he's he's absolutely losing his footing and we know that because he does not become the leader of the rebel alliance so my mothma does right right speaking of my mothma the mothma family drama continues <laughs> Just wild. I love this. I love this storyline. I can't believe Lita is. I can't believe it. This is again. This is one of the more. We have the bigger storyline of Andor, right? And we in the rebellion, but we get we're getting this great, not B storyline or however you want to call it, but we're getting this really fascinating Mon Mothma storyline within the show, and I did not expect it. I mean, I expected I to see her. Right? I mean, we're like, okay, yeah, she's obviously a part of this. We saw her in the trailers. But, man, we are getting some really, really fascinating backstory and just overall fascination with what is going on with her family. And, again, we've talked about this for weeks now, Andrea, is what happens to Mom Mothma? Like, what gets her to the point where she needs to leave this family behind? And I think we're slowly getting that because in this scene – with Vel, you know, she, Vel shows up and Mothma is watching her daughter in like this weirdo, like. Chandrillin tradition. Yeah, dude, this cult. Right? Brainwashing. You want it's to be up. a servant of your husband and your arranged marriage weirdos. And, and what she brings up to Vel, cause Vel's like, dude, what, what is going on? This wasn't like, this isn't good. And, you know, what my mother tells her is that, well, you know, Lita, Lita, she, she searched for the elder. She's really into this. Her friends are all of these like followers or whatever. And, you know, Val even brings up, you know, you haven't talked about arranged marriage. She doesn't really say anything at first. And then Val picks up on that. And Val's like, well, what about, what does Perrin say? And my mouth was like, interesting enough. He's very open-minded on this subject. So it's fascinating to see, again, the worry of my Mothma in this scene was palpable. Like, you can see it in her face. Genevieve, again, as always, steals every scene. She's so good as my Mothma. And you can just see how concerned she is with what is happening to her, her family, and what she has to do, because I don't think she's decided yet, but she is, I, I think she is going to lean towards accepting that proposal. I mean, regardless, it's going to be fascinating. Regardless if this is something that Lita's okay with, arranged marriage, the person that she's potentially arranging him with is a, is a thug, is a, right. mo- is a mobster. Right. 
she's not putting her in this situation where she's with someone she went to like her and Perrin, right? Who's just kind of a uh, you know, like a rebel rebellious kid or anything like that. She's or she's like placed, her friend Clay, like a, like his son or something that she right. Tried, she's right. placing Lita in this potentially horrible future. And very dangerous. Very dangerous. Right. Right. It's fascinating because again, you and I have talked about what is she going to do, and I don't think she still doesn't really know. And you can tell she's worried because she, she, when she's talking to Vel, she's like, I, "I'm, I'm over in over my head." Because now the money is going to be an issue. They are, you know, at first it was easy. Like she said, it was like a waterfall, man. It was easy to to bring in the money. Then Aldani happened. And then all the protocols and policies changed. And now my ledger is showing 400000 that is missing that I need to fix. That was completely awesome to come to that realization that when Mon went to go talk to Luthen in the shop and she was asking him about Aldani, I personally thought she was panicking because just like she said, people will start to suffer. But really, she was panicking because she knew she it was going to be identified that she is somehow involved in rebellious activity. Good so point. it was it was really great to see the realization of all of Mon's panic when Aldani happened. Yeah. And again, it adds up. And even Vel was like, we'll figure it out. You know, I will, it will, it will all, it will work itself out. But even Vel, you can tell is a little worried for sure. You know, and then, you know, with Lita, you know, she gets out of that cult meeting, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, Vel, you know, she asks, you know, she says, hi, Auntie Vel. Vel goes over there. And Lita just gives her mom a weird look like she always does. So I'm just, again, you and I, we've talked about this previously with Lita. Like, what's her deal? Like, what is her deal? Because honestly, at this point, is it just her, like, getting back at her mom? And that's why she's doing this whole, like, chandrilling cult crap? Or... Is she really into way. it, right? I mean, what, what's your read on it? I mean, we don't know what Chandrillan culture is, but it seems a little bit more rich than being on it. Like, when I mean rich, I mean, like, it has, like, more depth to it than being on right. Coruscant. Like, right. Coruscant's so sterile. You can only do certain things. So to take someone away from where they belong and put them in this place that's very restrictive, that's most likely where the the anger comes from in Lita is that's like my interpretation of it. But I know she just like, she despises Mon. And it's funny because that's the one thing that's on Mon's mind is the welfare of Lita. But I mean, that's, that's your typical like parent, um, uh, mother, daughter, mother, daughter relationship. So, um, it's very well executed, but it's just, there's like, political implications stuck in the middle of it which makes it so interesting yeah and again it's just it's so weird not weird but it's just like she's been at you know lita's been obviously very confrontational with her mom since we've since we've been introduced to her you know that very first scene like you don't basically telling her you don't tell me what to do 
you're just doing all this so you can, you know, show your senator face around and blah, 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 blah. You know, and again, I think like you, like you're saying, Ange, she's probably very re resentful of her mom for being who she is, maybe, and being in an environment that is controlling as far as, you know, being on Coruscant. And like even Mon said in the latest episode that, you know, they can only change so much where they live, decorate, like, it's a very controlled, very, you know, uh, environment that Lita lives. So finding an outlet like she has with this, you know, this old Chandrillan culture and everything, it kind of makes sense. But again, it feels like she's doing it in spite of her mother for some reason. And I don't know. And I'm just, I, I'm fascinated to learn and maybe we won't, maybe this won't even be addressed, but we're getting a lot of, Mo, you know, Mothma family drama within this series. I hope they kind of address what is going on with Lita. Like, why is she doing this? Like, what is her, not end game, but what's the point of, like, is, is she just trying to get her mom's attention? Like, what is she trying to prove by doing what she's doing? Or is she just being a teenage girl on Coruscant and, like, just, you know, being, you know, trying to engage in her, you know, Chandrillian culture, right? It just seems weird. The only thing that always tips me off with her is just when she looks at her mom, she gives her that just weird, like, scolding <laughs> look or something. You know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, like, absolutely. Every time we've seen her, she's done that. Like, she's interrupted her mom at, like, comedy dinner parties. It's just, we've talked about this before. It just is yeah, odd, you know? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. But... It's going to be fascinating because, again, we know at some point, we've been saying this for weeks, Mon Mothma leaves without them. You know, so is this the beginning of her leaving them, thinking that her leaving is going to be the best? I mean, I think it was, I think you were the one that brought it up weeks ago, Ange, that is it, is it Perrin and Lita, the ones that kind of forced Mon to leave? Is it? My Mothma knows that, you know, if the deeper she gets, the more in trouble they'll get. Like, it's just fascinating to see what the reason is for my Mothma and what and why she decides to leave Coruscant. You know, again, it could just be this whole money thing, though, too. It could be, you know, I don't know. It It's fascinating. The, the, the Mothma drama, family drama, it's just. So good, and it's been one of the surprise, surprise storylines that I didn't know we would be getting a lot of, but I'm glad we are. I'm I'm definitely glad we are. Again, final thoughts on this episode, Andrew. Anything you want to bring up? Any things that uh, we may have missed or anything? Any scenes? Uh no. I mean the you know the scene with Bix and the empire and i'm showing her the picture of anto krieger i thought was very emotional i mean she looked horrible you know shout out to yeah. hair and makeup just making her look like she's gone through so much uh, Been tortured torture and yeah. suffering um and then just the look on her face when they show anto krieger and then they're like, is this the person you introduced to Cassian and or and the look on her face is 
just complete like anguish because she knows they're so far away from getting Luthen, which means they're so far away from letting her go, you know, or this ending. So that scene really stood out to me. It was, it was pretty powerful. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to tie up and there's a lot that can move into season two. So I'm really excited for this last episode, but completely depressed that it's going to be over. Yeah, I, it's been a heck again. It feel 12 weeks have flown by. It really has like it's I feel like we just saw the the premiere like days ago. Like it has just been so like so good i mean each episode we've talked about it each episode is like 40 some minutes easily like it's been really really good so yeah i'm fascinated to see where we leave this season and what we have storyline wise heading into season two especially again i'm a mothma family drama i want it more in season two because it's just fascinating to me it's just fascinating her character again i didn't expect us to get a lot like this deep with my mothma but i'm glad we are because again it puts her and what we know about her in a completely different light for me and this is and this is what the show has done very very well on top of again introducing great characters like luthan getting old characters like saw back and then obviously just giving us more deep understanding of Cassian because now I think with, with Andor, we know that he is more motivated now than he ever has been to, to join a cause. And just like you said earlier, he wanted Marva to know what he did and that he would be proud and that she would be proud of him. And I think this, again, we talked about this before, that we, if Marva did die, we assume that would be a very big tipping point for Cassian. And I think we will see that. But again, how, I think how, it's not so much, well, I mean, it's not so much how, because I think it'd be interesting to find out how he gets into rebellion. Like who's the one that recruits him? Again, I don't need, I don't need to know that, but I think it'd be cool. And I maybe we'll get that answer. You know, what's interesting is that I didn't even consider is that, we still have Cinta and Val waiting for Cassian to kill yep. him. Yep. It's you the know, ISB and the Rebellion. A are... lot of people want him dead. Right. right. You know, and right. he's our hero. It's so interesting. So it's like, it's going to be really interesting how this all comes together in the end. And I mean, it's just building up perfectly. So and there hasn't been any letdown so far in story writing and and moving our characters along. So... I'm I'm really excited for this last one. And I think it's again, like it's not so much the how of you know, uh he joins but why? It's like the, what's what's the really deep reasoning Andor decided to say, okay, I need to join the rebellion to stop what the empire's doing. And I think again, I think the prison was a huge part of that. I think Kino was a big factor in pushing Andor that way. But I, and and maybe it's just this Marva, you know, the the death of Marva is the one that tips him over. 
And, you know, really, Melshi is a pretty good influence as well, too, because he's not it's like, all, oh, man, all. we're cool. We're on this warm planet. You got your box back with all your Imperial credits. Like, let's go live life. Like, his mission is to let other people know what's going on. So I think that's like a really good uh, influence connection relationship that Cassian has with Melshi. And obviously, we see that they're, um, you know, together in, in Rogue One. So I just I really like that. Did you think the most it was diff it was interesting how it was empty? So to me, it's kind of like, oh, maybe it's just like later in the night and it clears out, but that place was so live the last time we saw it and now it's not. I've I found that completely fascinating. Yeah, I think that just shows the Empire has control over it and they yeah. obviously took him a lot of fugitives, as we know. And this is what is left. Right. It's yeah. Again, it's the remembrance or the the outcome of what the Empire has been doing is what we're seeing. It's been really, really great. All right, kids, that's it. That's the show and or episode 11. Finale is Wednesday. Obviously, the Thanksgiving uh, is the following day. So we'll get out our review eventually. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be together on Thanksgiving. I'm going to that's your fair. parents' house. So. Yes. And we never talk before we do a recording. So this will be very interesting, Lauren. Are we going to have to eat in different separate rooms? Are we not going to be <laughs> able to be around each other? Probably. Or we'll just now, cannot, We can't talk about Andor. Let's just, or, we're going to talk about Andor. But, you know, what's interesting is no one else in our family is watching Andor. And. You know, I don't think so. our family, I mean, my mom might, but yeah, I don't, I don't know though. I haven't talked to her about it. My lot. mom's not caught up and I've been trying to spoon feed her episodes just to get her to be caught up and she's not. So yeah, I mean, we would, we probably would be the only ones. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll bring on the, the equipment. We'll do a live we'll do a, Thanksgiving a live. dinner. <laughs> Heck yeah. We'll get our family involved. We'll, we'll have a good time of it. Yeah. That would be we'll so see. funny. We'll see. Yeah. No, but yeah. We'll, so our finale uh, recap, it will come out eventually. Um, we'll we'll discuss, uh, obviously, off air of what uh, days we'll record and all that stuff. But we'll get that out to you guys as quickly as possible because we're excited. We're pumped about the finale. And then we'll probably do a whole show maybe of just a, an Andor overall and We'll have some fun. We'll we'll definitely uh, have some fun with Andor stuff post post the finale, and then we're we're gonna start looking towards Bad Batch, man. God, this is we'll I have what six six it. weeks. Yeah, I gotta start. I gotta do a rewatch because I, I haven't rewatched it in a minute, so that's gonna be a fun rewatch for sure. But, I'm telling you, all I watch is Star Wars. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, kids, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me. Lower nose on Twitter? Question mark? Question mark? I hate that place. Maybe we'll move the hive. I know a lot of people are moving to that, so we'll we we'll have to figure that out, kids. Again, uh, but yeah, for right now you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lower Nose, and you can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. Question mark? More to come, and maybe we'll have to figure something out for that. But yeah, you guys can follow us over there. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, on Twitter at R2D2Step. I'll be sad if Twitter ends. You know why? Because it's like my source for um, current events, source for like, I, I, I mean, 
it's it's my source for different cultures in different areas. That's that's the saddest part about all of this. So I hate Elon Musk. I'm serious. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a terrible situation. Did you see my tweet terrible. I just put out? How that picture of all them looked like intelligentsia from the end of she <laughs> No, I'll get it. <laughs> all right, because that's it. May the force be with you. Always. Always. Always.